This is the MBK Beat with Mark Kashevsky from MBK and Associates Inc. Your place for finding all you need to know about life insurance and how you can get more out of your money. Recorded live here in Buffalo, New York, it's time for the MBK Beat with Mark Kashevsky. Hey, folks, welcome back. It's the ninth episode of the MBK Beat here with the expert Mark Kashevsky. How are we doing today? Pretty good. It's a it's a nice day outside in Buffalo here in Western New York. We're back for the ninth episode. Uh, if you're if you're back again, thanks for thanks for coming back. Keep keep spreading the good word. If it's your first time, make sure you go back and check out all the other episodes. There's a lot of juicy information on the old episodes. Might be something that fits you a little bit better than today's episode. But each new one, we're going to be just trying to provide more and more information to help you be aware be proactive and be prepared and and that's a big theme today is being prepared so i'll let you sort of introduce the viewer to what what is it that we're preparing for we're we're getting ready for a tax tsunami um and today i really want to talk about some insurance strategies that can create some tax efficient uh, uh results to protect clients assets from the some impending <laughs> impending uh wall of taxes that are coming at us and it's obviously something that we don't know what we don't know but no well, yeah. good thing we have you here yeah. well <laughs> yes i mean uh we're doing this a long time and uh uh you know tax laws are constantly in flux but just for, for the people listening to give you an idea what's on the table and what's not on the table is also important there are 29 proposed tax increases in this, you know, America, you know, build America, whatever bill they call it. Right, right. Uh, and um, uh, it's a $6 trillion bill that has to be paid for with uh, uh, all these 29 taxes. And uh, uh, I'll mention a few of those as well. But in addition to that, uh, uh, the intention is also to allow the existing tax rates to sunset. So, and that's 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 in the bill. That's also mentioned in the bill, which means not just the people making over four hundred thousand. Everybody's going to be paying more taxes, because in addition to trying to pay for this six trillion dollars of spending, and being able to pass it through reconciliation because it's revenue neutral, which by the way is how. Uh, uh, President Trump's tax bill got passed as well. Uh, so, by the way, that means this is going to uh, something's going to happen here. Uh, this is not going away. But the the, the there's additional uh, policies and programs this administration wants to implement based on the election that aren't even in the bill. And uh, the Office of Management and Budget scored those programs that are not in this bill, that's another $6 trillion. Mm. And keep in mind, this is the biggest level of taxation increase and in spending since World War II, when we had a very good reason to raise taxes and spend money. Right. Um, so, uh, I mean, it, it's, 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 to say it's monumental is not even big enough. So, you know, what are some of those taxes? Uh, when we talk about estate planning and business, um, uh, there's nine or ten, ten of these that are going to have a huge impact. 
Uh, right now, there's eleven, almost eleven point seven, almost twelve million dollar estate tax credit per person in this country, which means, you know, a single person with an estate of roughly twelve million, there's no estate taxes. If it's if you're married, it's twenty three, twenty four million. Well, they want now that's going to sunset, but in the in the bill, they want to push it back today to three and a half million. All right, so that puts a lot of estates in play for tax liability. Uh, they also want to increase the estate tax rate, which is currently 40% to 45%. Uh, so, that's, so for someone in New York State, for example, 45% on top of a New York State tax rate of 16% gets you to 61%. Excuse me. Um, uh, so potential estate tax changes. Uh, probably the biggest tax change from our standpoint is to eliminate uh, what, excuse me, uh, what's in what is capital gains, step up. What does that mean? That means if I own real estate and uh, and I bought it for a million dollars and now it's worth ten million and I die and it goes to my children, that gain is forgiven. Now the assets in my estate for tax purposes. All right, but that potential capital gain is eliminated. It, is, it was eliminated. That is something this administration wants to get rid of. They want to. They want to end step up basis, and they also want to raise capital gains taxes on any capital gain over a million dollars to forty five percent. So here you have an asset, uh, uh, nine million dollars, that would be subject to forty five percent capital gains at death and be included in, in the estate for tax purposes. You, you, you essentially could have, you know, what amounts to 70, 80, 90% taxation on assets. It's, it's confiscatory. It's, it's basically uh, taking people's wealth and redistributing it for all these programs. All right. I, I'd call it something else, but it's, it's, you know, it's almost like they're coming to the ho- your house and taking it over. Right. I mean, forty-five percent capital gains on assets at death, plus forty-five percent estate tax on anything over three and a half million, is is a huge issue. Now, uh, uh, in addition to that, there's a provision in the tax code. We've talked about ten thirty-five exchanges for life insurance, where you can go, you can roll a policy from one to another. You keep your original cost basis, but you can roll without any tax. In the in, in the in the interim step, and at some point, if you surrender it, then, then then your tax is paid at that point. But if you die, it's not in a life insurance policy. It's income tax free. Well, and they have a similar provision in real estate. It's called 1031, and every real estate developer in the Western world utilizes it. They keep rolling, uh, rolling that that uh, selling one asset getting qualified property, rolling the equity into another, and so and getting, you know, in a ten, so they they started with small equity here, they got big equity here, small basis, they take that equity, new property, bigger, you know, larger base number uh, for that, and so on, and, you know, they keep rolling it over. That's, that's, a, that's a growth strategy. Uh, just want to uh, make sure we get everything good audio. Just make sure we talk right in the mic, just so we can hear everything good. Okay, sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's better. The, Perfect. The uh, you know you you could have a, a real estate developer that started small, has a hundred million dollars of assets, but his basis 
with less than five million. And and uh, uh, so you have this huge potential tax liability now. And, and uh, just a quick quick aside. Now you were mentioning sort of the the people that maybe this estate is not for them, but maybe it's for their kids, and and it's sort of proactively trying to pro- to to help with that. Well, well, you know what this tax bill is saying to people who create generational wealth is we're coming after you. Yeah, because we it's want, all the hard work. Yeah, we want to take all three, four generations, we're coming after you. Uh, they all, you know, they, 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 they want to re- eliminate family discounts to, that mitigate uh, uh, state taxes also. It's a planning technique. They wanna, there's a provision where you can put a life insurance on a trust and uh, the monies that are paid into and you can, you can, uh, you have you have some estate uh, gift tax issues. It has to do with something called crummy, and they want to limit crummy deductions, which would limit the amount of life insurance we can put in these trusts to cover these taxes. Uh, so they're not only cr- creating all this potential tax exp- confiscatory tax exposure, they want to limit your ability to to uh, plan for it. Okay, they really are coming after. Uh, Wealth quickly. builders quickly. It oh yeah. Seems. <laughs> oh, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like it. Now, uh, you know what's going to pass. I mean, this. I mean, there aren't just Republicans and conservatives and old white guys. There's a lot of people in this right. country of all political persuasions, all race and religions that are being targeted. Right. Okay. So. Uh, uh, and that's that's a common misconception is that this is only. One side, uh, one side of the equation. Oh, that's all right. But that that probably is misconceived quite a bit when we. That is the image I think that people see. That is these people that the capital gains being affected. But I mean, we we we're aware that there's a lot of people from, like you said, a lot of different backgrounds and and, and races and, and religions that are that fall into this and will be affected by this if it if and when it happens. Right. Right. Well, something's going to happen because. Uh, as I said before, uh, they're going to pass most of this through reconciliation, which means you don't need to get 60 votes in the Senate, the filibuster issue, to, to get it on the table. If it's revenue neutral, that'll pass. Now, you know, the uh, congressional ombudsman, and she's a lady, she's, she, she makes decisions on whether or not it, it's legit to do this for this provision or, or that bill. Um, and so some of this, you know, she will, some of this will come before uh, the congressional ombudsman, and maybe some of it will not be allowed to go in there for whatever reason. Uh, I think it's very technical. But, you know, they only need 50 votes. They don't need one Republican. They just need to get all the Democrats on board. So the issue in my mind that I see is that what kind of pushback are, peop- are, are, are the Democrats going to get from their constituents about some of these provisions. Things like 1031, step up and bases are big issues for people who, you know, develop real estate, um, business owners. And uh, I think there's going to be a hue and cry about that. But, uh, you know, if this becomes, you know, uh, class warfare, who knows where it's going to end up. Right. Um, so, so, you know, my message today is, you know, uh, there's a tsunami coming, of, and you, we better start thinking about how to plan for it.
And you better have someone that knows what's coming in the tsunami, too, because it seems as though, like like you said, having been doing this for a long time and never seeing anything like this, you might think that you know, but you probably, not you personally, but someone out there listening might think that they know based on maybe what they saw on television, maybe what someone told them, but having someone like you that's an expert that's seen and done this, I think, is crucial, especially if it's, you know, you've got a lot of money out there. Well, uh, you know. What can they do? Well, what is there to do? Yeah, and by the way, you know, anybody who has a net worth over $5 million, in my opinion, uh, a, a successful business or, or who's in the real estate business and development business really needs to take heed. That's, that's who this is we're talking to today. Uh, and, you know, you know what are, there are two or three general strategies are, that I think every, people should consider that are in that position. If you have significant assets, uh, uh, you may want to think about using that unified credit now, whether it is to gift to, a, to, a, to, to your children, to a trust. Uh, uh, use it or lose it. Right. Use it or lose it. Uh, you know, they want to they cut it back now, or if not now, uh, allow it to sunset and, 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 and it will claw back either. But once you use it, they can't, you know, take it back from you. So, you know, you don't utilize a unified credit, generally speaking, to move assets you were planning to move anyway. Uh, what What's a good example of that? Uh, real estate, um, securities, uh, the you know, uh, business interests, if you've got children in the business, you 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 can save yourself, you know, that is liability plus all the future growths out of your state as well. Uh, the other idea I want to just talk a little bit about today is you know how to use life insurance to cover that. Obviously, if you've got a liability, and there again five million dollars or more, and I I see a lot of liability coming. Okay, right. you know, life insurance is a very uh, cost-effective way to fund those liabilities, especially if you can you can put that life insurance into a what's known as an irrevocable life insurance trust, which the acronym is ILIT, okay? Um, uh, you may want to consider setting up an ILIT and gifting assets into that trust that can be used for the purchase of life insurance. And you can leverage that uh, uh, by in incorporating what's known as a premium finance structure into that uh, trust purchase of life insurance. And just to give you an example, uh, on a case I, I wrote a couple years ago, yeah. client needed $10 million for state liability at that time. And the cost, the raw cost for the life insurance, I'm going to have to put my glasses on for this, sure. um, was about $100,000 a year for $10 million of life insurance. And this person was 50 years old. The, uh, if you run it out 30 years, that person would spend $3 million to have $10 million of liability, life insurance rather, uh, liquidity to cover liabilities. We suggested he go a different route. He go to a premium financing route. And that route basically has the client borrowing money from a third-party lender, typically a private lender. Most of your commercial banks 
have gotten out of it because of something called Basel II, which is an international monetary regulation. Uh, so your private lenders are, are the you know, Goldman Sachs is a good example. Uh, there, there's a myriad of them with a lot of money, and this is all they do. They loan money to, to clients to fund large life insurance contracts. And they like this these transactions, first of all, because that money, they'll, they'll front load the money. Instead of paying it for 30 years, they'll stuff the contract with these premium loans and for four or five or six years. And they, they're seeding the contract, so it builds up a lot of cash. And if you're young enough, at some point there's enough cash in the policy to pay the loan off and still have the life insurance forever without any more payments. That's what we try to do on younger people. And this example here, instead of this client paying $3 million over 30 years, he'd pay about one point two because all he's going to do is pay the interest on the loan based on a LIBOR rate, which is the cheapest rate in the Western world, literally. Uh, uh, so, you, you know, you're, you're saving two-thirds of the cost to get to $10 million, or for what you would have paid $10 million for, you could probably buy $30 million. So it's, 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 it's leverage, and people in, a lot of people in real estate understand leverage, and they get what we talk about. Right. So, uh, you know, our thinking is you may want to set up an insurance trust, fund it with uh, some liquidity, and then utilize the liquidity to, to pay your interest and not be subject to what's coming, you know, down the road because you've already done it. Uh, so your 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 gifts to the trust, you know, for, uh, use up some of your unified credit, but now they're in there, and you can use them to uh, to uh, finance a uh, premium finance insurance arrangement. So, uh, so roughly two million dollars difference going to the IRS. Using the premium financing over thirty well, years, this no, is. it's not to the IRS. It's a difference in premiums. Okay. So you know, instead of the three million going to the insurance company and premiums out of your pocket, your only cost uh, is a, a million, roughly a little over a million in interest costs. Okay. And the the, uh, the policy is fully funded. The cash value is the same regardless. In other words, at the end of thirty years. The, the, the insurance cash value in these contracts is four and a half million, and you've got a ten million dollar death benefit, but you've you've saved almost two million dollars right. in premiums. Right. Uh, and if it's structured properly, it's going to pass muster in terms of income and estate taxes. So, uh, you know, think about using your credits today, gifting assets today, uh, and maybe seeding some insurance trusts. To create some opportunities to to le- to purchase le- what we call leveraged life insurance, uh, to 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 cr- create the liquidity you're going to need for the liabilities that are coming, and that's my story for today. <laughs> uh, is there any additional benefits? Uh, I know we talked a little bit before the episode in terms of leverage and enhanced executive benefits. Um, how does that sort of work into the mix? Because that was something that I was I was I wanted to ask you about as far as uh, being able to use that as an executive benefit. Is that is that something that we can use? Well, that's you know that's a, that's a, that's a very good point, Jeremy. Um, 
I have had a couple cases where we've actually used premium finance strategies to leverage or increase uh, supplemental executive benefit or to, to fund a larger buy-sell agreement. Uh, so, you know, you can take this concept of using leverage, applying it to an insurance situation or, or an insurance-funded benefit, and take the same out-of-pocket cost and create more value for the client. And, you know, it's a small group of people. People that, you know, there again, uh, premium finance lenders don't want to finance contracts less than $5 million. So, you know, if we're looking at a, uh, an executive bonus benefit or a buy-sell on a couple brothers, you know, if, if the underlying death benefit doesn't, you know, get the $5 million, we're not going to get there. So, but if, if by leveraging it we can get there and, and with the same out-of-pocket costs get a bigger benefit, you know, then, then we're, we're, we're uh, down the road on, on, on doing something. So that's a good point, though. So you know, typically premium finance has been for state liquidity, but, you know, we can also use it to create, uh, uh, to enhance re- retirement benefits for executives or buy-sell arrangements. As far as we, we did talk about it a little bit, but I just wanted to restate as we sort of head into the end of the episode, who, who is, just to kind of simply state, who's, who needs to be ready for the tsunami? Well, anybody, you know, with any net worth exceeding $5 million, you need to be thinking about this. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people with these high credits didn't think they had a problem. But if you're over $5 million, you need to think about doing something uh, sooner than later. If you're in a real estate business, you definitely need to be thinking about this. And why, why just quickly, why, why real estate, just to restate, why well, them? Because of the, you know, uh, if, they, if they eliminate step-up in basis and 1031 exchanges, you've got some huge, uh, huge tax liability problems. And, you know, uh, something's going to happen. You know, banks are starting to require uh, on, on um, uh, financial statements of uh, real estate developers and managers you know, what the liquidity position is relative, you know, knowing that if you sell it, you're going to have a tax problem. You know, how are you going to sell? How are you going to, how are you going to cover that? So, because, you know, once you pay the loan off, is there, is there enough to cover the tax? Um, so, those are, those are people that need to look at this. You know, um, if, you know if I did some more thought, uh, I could probably think of a few more, but, uh, and, you know, this well, This may not, we may not see how this shakes out until the fall. But, uh, you know, they want to do some of this retroactively. Right. So uh, that would be retroactive the day the bill passes. So, you know, uh, if, if you were going, if you, especially if you've got assets you want to move out of your state anyway, and you've got this credit that may go away or some taxes that may take impact, you know, be impacted retroactively. It is, you know, the day they pass the bill or what have you. I don't know what they can get away with. They can go back to the first of the year. Uh, that, it would seem to me that would be pretty difficult under the Constitution. Uh, but uh, they need to start thinking about, you know, why am I waiting? Right, right, because then it will be too late. 
Exactly. And then it'll be a lot more difficult, I would assume, to to sort of play catch up if if we're yeah. not being proactive. Well, you know, there there are a lot of state tax attorneys and accountants that are you know, that are uh, putting their thinking caps on and saying, well, "What do we do in a post, uh, you know, uh, Biden tax world?" Post tsunami. Post tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> Synonymous. But uh, tsunami Biden, synonymous. But uh, 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 that's pretty much my, you know, my story. I'm sticking to it. All righty. Well, again, any viewers out there, thanks for listening. Please subscribe because we're going to keep talking. Stay tuned because, as we said, you know, it's it's going to be a rocky road. If if we're not prepared, you'll be sorry. So it's always better to be prepared. Have an expert at your, you know, beck and call. You can reach Mark at mbkinc.co. Uh, remember to subscribe uh, wherever you listen to pods. We're on YouTube where you can also find some outstanding testimonials some, from some of the uh, the current clients of, of Mark. Uh, we've been trying to really just push everything that you do because we find it to be so um, incredible, really. Uh, it's, it's You don't see this sort of stuff a lot. Uh, so it's been really interesting. And thank you again for another episode. And looking forward to the next one. Super. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>